Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, broadcasting here from the bright red desk in the month of August for the week of August 4th, 2019. A happy birthday to my mother. She, if she was still alive, she would be 70 or 89 today. Yeah, she was born in 1930. So she would be 89, and she's been off this physical plane uh, since 1983. So I was thinking about her this morning when I was getting up and uh, thinking, you know, it's been a long time since I've talked to my mom. I mean, I've talked to her. You know, she's left messages. She's stopped by and sent little notes, you know. She's definitely still talking to me. But, you know, the real talk. Uh, So happy birthday, Mom. And it is, of course, the new moon in Leo, which means the eclipses are finished. We had the new moon last week on Wednesday, and we also had Mercury stationing to go direct. However, remember, he's still pulling his tricks because he isn't finished with his shadow until next Sunday, the 11th. But he is in uh, giving you last bits of information you need from his Mercury retrograde. Remember, he was in Cancer. He was on the eclipses. So he was really stirring up some big stuff uh, and giving you information like you were like, wow, I didn't know that was going on. That's what he does, you know, He, but especially when he's on the eclipses. He's full of all sorts of juicy stuff. And uh, now he's moving forward. He's in cancer. He's going to head off into uh, Gemini this week, or I'm sorry, into Leo this week. And so when we watch the big guy, or the little guy, you know, we always call, always call little guys big guys, right? You know, because that makes them feel good. Uh, as we watch the little guy get ready to roll, um, the next few days he's really on the degrees of the eclipse. So you want to just kind of really watch messages or information that comes in. And then he moves whipping along and he goes into Leo and off into the night. So that's cool. Um, we still have the last little bits of a finger of God happening with Mars and Juno traveling together, partnering. Now, they're interesting because Juno is hanging out really tightly with Mars, and the two of them have been forming a finger of God with Neptune last week and Saturn last week. And then this week they're finishing it up with the in conjunct to Pluto, um, and then they separate and move off. So a finger of God, of course, is three planets that are kind of arguing with each other, but that also bring you fated events. F-A-T-E-D. So when we watch for fingers of God, when we see them in the sky, they're usually a big deal, you know. Sometimes you get a diagnosis of something. Uh, some, You know, I had one, one friend who got a diagnosis of Parkinson's when the finger of God was active um, in the sky, you know, in his chart, obviously. Um, but we're all having a, a transiting finger of God. And if you think of that picture of the Sistine Chapel, when God comes down and touches Adam's finger and kind of illuminates. So you want to watch for where God directs your attention. And for those of you who don't believe in God, that's totally cool. Watch for where the universe directs your attention. And if you don't believe in the universe, watch for where Mars directs your attention. Because you're going to be asked to move forward, to take partnership, to kind of do something different or in a new way and of course the finger was in place last week so you could have had stuff then but this is a big one because this is mars in leo after those eclipses which brought up all sorts of stuff and of course mars has been in conjunct to the saturn pluto part of the of the the leg 
and the Saturn Pluto leg piece is saying, hey, you know, uh, what are you what are you doing? What's the structure changing in your life? How do you need to change that structure? What is that structure? What's the re- what's the renovation going on for you? The structure that needs to change as you move forward in the life, right? So. So that's good. That's helpful. It helps us kind of see stuff um, and really kind of realize, oh, wow, that's that's happening, huh? Uh, also, because there is a grand trine in um, earth and water, uh, there is almost Star of David in the sky. And Stars of David are kind of cool. Um, they are, you know, composed of grand trines that work together and kind of create things. So that's helpful. And so kind of watch for, you know, stuff that comes in that you go, wow, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that was coming in. Uh, And, of course, there is a big old grand trine. Um, Let me take that back. I said, uh, uh, I said, Star of David with Earth and Water. It's a Mercury's retrograde, baby. Um, It's still in its shadow. Star David with Air and Fire. So air and fire is kind of an inspirational um, an inspirational star, so where you get inspired to do something. So combining that with the hammer of Thor, which is up there kind of saying, that's a good idea, that's not such a good idea, that's a good idea, that's not such a good idea, and the finger of God, yeah, it's a big week. In terms of forward motion, full steam ahead, let's figure out what's going on. We're on, we're on the road again. So lots of energy in terms of the chart, and of course um, – this week, as we head forward towards next weekend when Mercury clears his shadow on the 11th, we're also going to have uh, Jupiter stationing to turn direct. So he stops in the sky this week, and he goes, uh, he stops at uh, 14 and a half, and he says, okay, now we're going to go forward after we've been revising the story since he went retrograde. Um, so when the planet stops, we feel him kind of building up, and Jupiter, uh, you know, they, they station in the in the trines. So Jupiter stationed to go retrograde on April 11th at 1421. And he stations to go direct this week at 1430. Um, I'm sorry, he stations to go direct this week. And uh, we're off, right? So when we have that energy of forward motion and I take it back I think it said Jupiter yeah Jupiter stationed to go retrograde at 24:21 on April 11th and he stations direct this week at 14:30 and so he brings us back to mid April and what was going on with him then and then Uranus also stations this week to go retrograde and he stations at 6:37 Taurus and he goes retrograde until next year uh, when he goes direct. So we have two stations on next Saturday. What that means is those planets both slow down in the heavens. Slow down, slow down, slow down. And they both stop and shift direction. That's going to happen next week on the 11th. And that's also when Mercury goes into Leo and kind of pops, ends up and finishes the Cancer story. So, But this week, from Tuesday on, we're going to feel those planets stopping. And so you want to look at the house which has Taurus in it, and you want to look at the house which has Sagittarius in it, and you want to look at the house that has Cancer turning into Leo in it, and those three houses, all big shifts next Saturday. 
but we feel it building this week. And, of course, Mercury's on the eclipse degree, and then he goes into Leo, and then he's out of here. So it's good. We're in this big um, changing energy, which is always really helpful. And then uh, Mercury changes out of Cancer into Leo, and then he clears his shadow on the uh, on the 14th, next Wednesday, when we have what's called the Venus Star Point, Sun and Venus meeting up at 21 degrees of Cancer, or I'm sorry, of Leo. I'm really having Mercury retrograde morning here. I haven't had my coffee. Um, so our job with these energies, when they're shifting like this, it's kind of like full steam ahead. You know, Jupiter kind of paused stuff. Uh, it, it, when he went retrograde, and he asked us to go back and reconsider. Of course, he entered Sagittarius in the beginning of November uh, last year, and he got zipping along, and now he got up to 24, now he went back to 14. So all the planets in your chart between 14 and 24 have been had Jupiter on them twice. Now he's going to go over them a third time. Those planets are all growing. Those planets are all setting seeds for the next 12 years. Those planets are all waking up and having Jupiter gently touch them. The planet Uranus, of course, went into Taurus March 6th. Went in a little bit last year, last May, but he got up to six and a half now, and now he's going to go backwards to high two uh, in the fall and um, through, this, through the summer, and then he goes forward again next January. So our job with planets shifting, Uranus started to grow new stuff, and Jupiter was busy doing his thing. So now the two of them are shifting at the same day, kind of talking to each other and saying, wow, you know, you, you finished growing, now it's my turn to grow. And I always like to think of retrograde planets as the opportunity for us to revise, revisit, and re do re words. They're not bad. They're just kind of like... Um, I'm going to go, we know, we remember Mercury retrograde, we all complain about because we're so dependent on our communication devices. But the other retrograde planets, you know, they give us an opportunity to rest a little. Um, or if we're born with retrograde planets in our chart, this is when we get busy. Um, so those of us who've been on break since April, you're going to get busy again. Those of us who've been working hard, you're going to go on break now because Uranus is going to go backwards. Um, so it's kind of fun. Uh, and it got a big swirl next weekend. So kind of watch what happens. This week is the build-up to it. So Jupiter is where we're expanding, where we're starting a new 12-year cycle, and where we kind of already started stuff, but then we kind of paused, and now we're going forward. And Uranus is where we've been growing things in a new way in our Taurus house. And now we're going to go back and say, which ones of those do we want? Again, the energy of plucking, releasing, letting go of things, because Saturn Pluto is still hanging out on that south node. But they're also inviting us in a new way to kind of move forward. It is a much easier week. People should feel a lot better. The eclipses are really done. Once Mercury gets the heck out of cancer, we're going to stop being so whiny. Uh, and we're going to go into um, <laughs> we're going to go into Leo, and then he's going to be in Leo for a few days, and then he clears his shadow completely. But he clears the hard part. I think Mercury and Cancer is hard. I don't mind Mercury and Leo. I like Mercury and Leo. People talk about themselves. I'm good with that. They, I pay, you know, I get paid for people to talk about themselves. Um, they call me up. I mean, somebody goes, "It's so nice to be able to come and talk about myself for a while," because that's what you do when you go to an astrologer or you go to a therapist. You know, you talk about yourself. You talk about your chart. You talk about your life. You talk about your dreams. So I, I like Mercury and Leo, but Mercury and Cancer. Um, is very, you know, kind of sensitive and feelings get hurt. 
And I have to say, I was laughing hysterically. One of my least favorite people in the world, I don't know him personally, but I don't like him, is Mitch McConnell. You know, when Barack Obama was president, he wouldn't let him appoint that Supreme Court judge. He just always blocks stuff. And he always likes it when people call him names. He goes, yeah, you call me that name, and that means I'm doing a good job, right? (laughs) But this time with Mercury and Cancer, when they started calling him Moscow Mitch, he was whining. He was complaining. And I'm like, wow, I have never seen Mitch McConnell whine and complain. Uh, This is great, you know, because he always does these mean things, at least from my perspective. And... um, he thinks he's right. I, I get that. But, uh, you know, he was really – his feelings were hurt because they called him Moscow Mitch because he wouldn't vote to help uh, – he wouldn't bring the bill to a vote to help make the voting safer because the Russians are playing around, and who else is, in our voting machines. Of course, I'm an old computer girl. I had 25 years of computer programming. I know how easy it is to hack these things. And even though every day I have to type in passwords and I bitch and I moan because I hate passwords – I get it. I understand it. And I also understand, because I was a programmer, how you can build little bugs into systems, what we used to call backdoors, where you can get in. And, you know, you hear about people, you know, their data being compromised or their, you know, 100,000 records. Capital, I mean, Capital One just got nailed a couple of weeks ago. 100, 100 million customer records, 100,000 customer records compromised. They're not that hard to break. You know, it's not that hard to get into them and steal shit. So you can get into them and change stuff, too. Back in the old days, they used to do exit polling as very, very promising indicator of what the votes were going to be before the votes were counted. They've stopped that, you know. They've stopped exit polling. And because it wasn't accurate anymore, because we have these damn voting machines that can be hacked and have been hacked. Anonymous hacked them during the Bush Clinton, uh, not the Bush, the Bush election. Yeah, I think it was the Bush Clinton election. Anonymous was hacking them, um, and they hacked them in Bush too. And if they've been hacking them, then we've been hacking them. Anonymous, our own people, technically. Um, you know, it's not that hard for the Russians who have like people really paid and know how to do this stuff, and that's their job. They do cyber intelligence. We go into other people's stuff. But when they're tinkering with the voting machines, we need to be really careful. And also, I used to, you know, mutter and moan because I go to McDonald's and I get a paper receipt, and they say if you don't get a receipt, tell the manager, right? Because that means the money's been taken. Um, we don't get a receipt for our ballot. We don't have a paper trail. We don't have a thing that we go, yeah, this, this was physically counted. I think we need to go back to paper, frankly, and uh, back with these machines. Um, type the numbers in, but you know it's not it's not that hard. There's a lot of us; we can all count the votes. So, at any rate, um, enough of the rant. But I loved Mercury and Cancer Moscow Mitch being upset, and you can actually buy Moscow Mitch merchandise <laughs> on the internet. Also, Mercury retrograde, lovely one the other week. Um, the presidential seal that got posted behind Donald that was created by a guy uh, who didn't particularly care for him with golf clubs in one hand and cash in the other and um, two heads like the Russian seal has and the, the quote 45 is a puppet. So I thought that was kind of cute. That's again another example of Mercury. So we want to watch for Mercury because he is hanging out with Saturn and Pluto. 
he's giving us information about our authorities that are really interesting and that are really fun. And, you know, we can certainly do it with, you know, Marianne Williamson, who I happen to like her books. And she talked about the dark psychic force. And then you watched Anderson Cooper try and figure out how to interview her. Um, Mercury is talking. He's given us all sorts of information and helping us see things, hear things, understand things in a new way. And that's always good, even if sometimes we don't like what we hear. Um, and I know I got some news this week I was not particularly happy with, but I also went, all right, supposed to know that. Um, then I got news I was happy with. So I'm like, all right, that's good news. I'm happy with that. So we're going to go forward this week. Let's look at our moons uh, because we have some interesting moons. The moon today is in Libra. Happy birthday, Mom, again. Goes into Libra this morning at 9.30. Just went in, and it's in Libra on Monday and Tuesday and goes void at 3.36 in the morning, Tuesday morning, uh, you know, in the middle of the night. But it goes void with a square to Mercury. So this is news you get, but you're maybe not that happy about, right? Moon, Mercury, square. Moon is void Tuesday morning until 11.30 in the morning. Then it enters Scorpio. So it's in Scorpio Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday. And it goes void at 10.58 Thursday morning. And it's void most of Thursday until 4.35. So void in the day from 10.58 to 4.35. Again, these are East Coast United States times. Um, so adjust for your time zone. And it goes void uh, with Moon in Scorpio, goes void with a trine to Mercury in Scorpio. So this is news that's deep and penetrating that you really want to know, even if you don't want to know it. So that's always a fun one. Then Mercury goes into Sag, which is 4.36 p.m. on the 8th, Thursday. In Sag, Thursday night, all day Friday, and Saturday until 3.50 in the afternoon, when it goes void with the trine to Mars. So that one is action-taking moon in Sag, right? Void Saturday afternoon from 3.50 on until 12, uh, the 12.50 the next morning, the morning of Sunday morning. Uh, 12.50 it goes into Capricorn. And it's in Capricorn on the 11th and the 12th, going void at 6.11 p.m., Monday night the 12th and entering Aquarius on Tuesday at 11.35. So it's void Monday night. And it goes void on the 12th with a conjunction to Pluto. So square moon, arguments, fights, trine moon, all sorts of information with the Scorpio coming up, Mercury trine the sun. Sag moon, forward motion, taking action with the moon trying the Mars. And lots of deep stuff surfacing on the Sunday and Monday the 12th. Uh, because we're kind of in the Capricorn moon down there with Saturn and Pluto hanging out as uh, both Jupiter and Uranus change direction and Mercury goes into Leo. And Mercury goes into Leo until uh, the 29th. That happens on the 20, That happens on the 11th next week, and he's in Leo until the 29th. So uh, the busy days this week are Monday. Monday is super busy because we got a bunch of aspects from the moon. Uh, the early part of the day is a little easier. The the evening part's a little more stressed uh, because the moon is squaring Saturn and Pluto. So Monday's super busy. Tuesday kind of quiet. Wednesday decent busy. You know, moving moving stuff along and kind of making decisions really. And of course, it's a Scorpio moon, so the information on Monday and Tuesday helps you make decisions. Uh, Wednesday's busy. Uh, Thursday, not much going on. 
Friday, okay, Saturday, okay, Sunday, super wild, because all the planets shifting direction. And then Monday the 12th, moon is occulting both Saturn and Pluto. So Monday the 12th has some hard news on it, but it also really kind of marks the end of eclipse season because the moon it goes through the eclipses one last time at the declination degree. Even though the eclipse is open over, there can be some emotional processing Remember, we, the eclipses this year were learning new things and processing emotionally, then saying, okay, now we're ready for this next chapter. So it's an interesting week ahead with the energies in terms of how we're going to work with them and emotionally, you know, getting stuff out the door and doing things basically uh, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, Saturday's not bad, but I would try and do or Saturdays, too, through 3.50. But I, And Sunday I would kind of try and avoid because there's just so much swirling. It'll get lost in the mud um, or lost in the energy. And then we're building up to the Venus-Sun conjunction. So what we're also doing then is we're ending a four-year Venus-Sun cycle that began four years ago. Now, in my case, uh, I, this was I was out in um, Sedona. I had to think for a second. No, out in Santa Fe. 10,000 Waves place, 10,000 Waves land. And I was conducting with uh, Ariel Gutman and a couple of other astrologers, Sonia Toledo and Catherine, Be- Catherine uh, Boyer and Quan Terry, uh, Venus Starpoint workshop. And, um, and that was the beginning of my foot. So now, four years later, my foot got really good progress notes or whatever. <laughs> got a gold star. My foot got a gold star for its performance this week. With the doctor, four years later, this has been uh, a long journey. But that was Venus retrograde uh, conjunction in my um, sixth house of health. And now Venus and Sun are going to conjunct direct and go, okay, we're going to move forward. So I'm really optimistic that this foot adventure of mine is coming to an end. And so you want to think back what was going on for you four years ago when perhaps you didn't go forward as far as you wanted to or as fast as you wanted to around the house of love and how you're supposed to be in the world. Because this year, Venus and Sun meet up, and right now they're going to meet up on the point where the finger of God is clearing the sky. So I always think of fingers of God when they come along and they go zoom, zoom, knock stuff out. Uh, They kind of invite us to plant new stuff. Boom, boom. We cleared out that dirt patch. Go put something in. You know, like when you pull the plants out and they're dead and then you plant something new in the hole? That's what we're doing this week. In my case, I'm trying to grow skin in the hole, which is growing. I had little pink things on the edges there last week. Um, so we have a forward motion uh, in, in good good stead. And so kind of this week we're wrapping up the last four years, too, of what was going on when Venus and the Sun met four years ago. So Facebook, in its wonderful fashion, popped the Venus star point workshop, and I went, ooh, right. Now, for more information on the Venus Star Point, which comes next week, and I'll talk a lot more about it, um, then go look up on the Internet, Venus Star Point. As Venus and the Sun meet up every eight years in the same sign in the same direction. So in this case, Venus is um, in Leo. Four years ago, it was retrograde. And then then four years before that, it was direct. So kind of think retrograde, direct. It kind of alternates the two because that's what planets do. Mercury and Venus do inferior conjunction, superior conjunction. So this is a superior conjunction. This is head out into the world and do stuff. Go, 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 young whippersnapper. Go do things. So 
give yourself permission. You know, you're going to feel inspired. You're going to feel asked. You're going to have something point at you this week. And then next week on the 14th, you're going to be asked to take action. So it's a yes. It's a yes, I want to. That sounds fabulous. Uh, I know I got an offer last week that I was really thrilled about. Um, I mean, it's like one of my dream come truths. Can't tell you yet. Um, and I did make some decisions. You know, I, last year I taught, this year I taught in Tuscany. I decided I wasn't going to go back. Um, so that was a decision to make and kind of move forward. And so we're all making decisions. We're all figuring out, like, okay, I want to do this. Okay, I don't think I want to do that. Ooh, that sounds really juicy. So, um, yeah, forward motion. And, and of course, full steam to everybody working on your dreams and saying, you know, that was a great thing. I had a wonderful time. Don't want to do it again. That was a great thing. Going to want to do it again. I want to go that way. So watch where the dream is inviting you to move and head that way if you like it. Uh, and if you don't like it, say, you know, I don't really think I want to do that, but thanks for asking. It was funny because last week I complained about um, – uh, <laughs> I complained about not being able to say no well, and I got um, somebody mailed me a a thing on 14 ways to say no, which of course I had on my desk here, and it now has been eaten by the computer or eaten by the paper. My my desk eats things. Um, so it was very cute, and a shout out to who sent it to me. Who of course I can't find it. So I can't say thank you to yourself in person, but you know who you are. And it was really cute because it was 14 ways to say no. Here it is. It was from Michelle. Um, And she wrote, thanks, uh, 14 ways to say no. Um, (laughs) From Jackie Lappin, L-A-P-I-N. And it was really cool. It was like, uh, you know, it was very, I'm going to keep it and save it. So Jackie Lapp and L-A-P-I-N, 14 Ways to Say No. Um, and thank you to Michelle Maines for sending it to me. And she also says, you could default to Megan Trainer's song, My Name is No, My Sign is No, My Number is No, with a big smile. So happy declining to all of us. Then uh, another opportunity you can have where you can sign up. I'm conducting an OPA peer group in Baltimore. I have space. Uh, it would be on the uh, 28th, 20. 9th, 30th, it begins the meeting at 7 on August 27th, and it's three days. And it's on the OPA website, Organization for Professional Astrologers. It's a peer group workshop. It's part of the OPA certification. So if you live in Baltimore, are near Baltimore, want to come, sign up. We'll work on charts. I have room in my peer group. And it's the weekend uh, right before the NCGO conference on Labor Day. So it's the evening of the 27th, all day the 28th, 29th, and 30th. And information on the OPA website and to be certified by OPA, the Organization for Professional Astrologers. So this week, Sun is zipping through uh, 12 Leo to 18 Leo. He does have a choice to make on the 10th around the nodes of fate and directions to move. And, of course, he is also going to form a finger of God as he whips through those areas, and that's going to be from the 7th to the 10th. So Mars is forming it now. The Sun is going to form it later this week. Again, fingers of God are always exciting things. Venus is going to form a finger of God. She's going to form it from the 9th to the 11th. So this week, three fated choices, first with Mars, then with the Sun, then with Venus, as she aspects that finger of God and asks us to make directional choices. Venus is going from 957 to 19 Leo. Mercury, of course, is entering Leo, so he's going to make us have a finger of God choice in a couple weeks. 
But this week, Mars, the Sun, and Venus, all fingers of God. Mar, uh, the Sun is from the 7th to the 10th. Venus is, is from the 9th to the 11th. Um, and Mars is right now finishing up. Um, Mars finishes up uh, tomorrow, today, tomorrow. Uh, Mars also has biquintiles to Saturn in the south node, which invites us to take action positively in a way that we want to structure and do things and move forward. We also have Mercury quintichile Saturn, so that's a bad aspect for pets and health on the, the 11th. And the 11th, because it has so many stressful aspects, you know, you want to kind of watch for uh, health aspects and go to the doctor on the 11th. Uh, Jupiter, as we mentioned, stations to go direct. Uranus, as we mentioned, stations to go retrograde. And Saturn aspects the nodes of fate on the 9th, offering you an important choice. He also is leaving. He's letting go of stuff on the 9th. So that's big, and we kind of want to watch that. Brilliant plans and ideas on the 9th, because Neptune is in a biquintile to Athena, um, which gives you a great opportunity to figure stuff out. Changing your home and hearth on the nine at Pluto trines Vesta. And then um, Juno is in a crabby, cranky aspect. <laughs> crabby, cranky aspect to Eris. And that's okay. You know, she's kind of a little irritated. Uh, and so just kind of watch where you're irritated. That's going to be on the 11th. Again, the 11th is kind of rocking because we've got the stations, we've got Mercury changing signs, we've got planets stopped. But the rest of the week, pretty good. And it is a week of shifting and changing and faded choices. So in my case, I declined some stuff. I said yes to some stuff. Um, read that declining, the art of saying no. It's always a good thing to learn. I'm only 64 years old and learning it. But hey, you know, always time. And I wish you a good week and a great time saying no or saying yes to the invitations that come your way with the faded finger of God, with Mars, then with the sun, then with Venus. It's forward we go. The eclipses are through. We're in the rebuild. Let it roll. Take care. Ann Ortley signing off. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus